Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. I'm trying to wrap my arms around this. So just to be clear, the liberals' new take and the Harris-Biden campaign, their new take is the federal government cannot enforce federal immigration laws on the books. Laws. Laws. Written laws on the books. They can't enforce those. You're not allowed to do that. We should be a sanctuary country. But the Harris-Biden campaign said same federal government should enact a national mask mandate. You must wear a mask outdoors or... Well, I, I, again, I'm just just trying to get my arms around this whole thing. Today's show brought to you by our friends over at ExpressVPN. Ladies and gentlemen, protect your online activity from prying eyes. Get a VPN today. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino, expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show on this Friday. Producer Joe, how are you today? Well, it's Friday. Mm. So yes, you it know is. And it's I'm a busy one well. at that. Yeah, baby. It's very early, as you can see. A little early. The show will be up early because we've got a lot uh, to do today. No. We will be up at Attila's Gym in Belmar, New Jersey. Backing up the people who fight the good fight. We'll also be down in North Carolina, down in Apex, um, getting a tattoo. So I told you that yesterday. Yeah, you check that out on live stream, some of it on my parlor. Um, Joe's going to help me out with that a little bit. Joe's also <laughs> a photographer. He's going to take some pictures, yes, too. Yes, I am. Joe, I just told him that on the air. So thank you very much. Mm-hmm. And uh, Drew you. will be with us, too. We'll be doing that. That show will mm-hmm. air on Saturday after Joe works his magic. And For Drew letting me know magic. there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I appreciate that on the air. I just okay. figured I'd throw that, I'd throw that okay. out at you. Like I said, we always break down the fourth wall. So yeah, I want to get to the new um, Harris-Biden proposal that's going to probably infuriate uh, 51.6% of America. Uh, Yeah, you're all going to have to wear masks, according to Joe Biden now. Outside. Yeah, yeah. Maybe inside, too, when you're alone in your apartment and in your car, too. That may be next. All right, let's get to it. Today's show brought to you by our friends at My Patriot Supply. Listen, the coronavirus is driving markets up and down. Very volatile. Demand for basic necessities has gone through the roof. According to My Patriot Supply, they have older customers with health conditions, petrified to go out and living off their emergency food supply. Others are under self-quarantine. Some just don't want to face the mob for a loaf of bread. Do what I do. Go to preparewithdan.com. Reserve your two or four-week emergency food kit today. Ladies and gentlemen, it only makes sense. You ensure everything in your lives that matter. Everything. Your health, your teeth, your car, your house. How do you not ensure your food supply? You throw all that other stuff out if you don't have food. Preparewithdan.com. They will send you a two or four week emergency food kit. The meals include breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They last up to 25 years in storage. So you're prepared. My Patriot Supply has been a trusted partner of this show for years. They've been working around the clock to keep up with your orders. The current wait's eight to 12 weeks because demand has been 80 times normal. We have no idea how long this crisis will last. So it's important to be self-reliant. It's not too late to prepare now. Go to preparewithdan.com. That's preparewithdan.com. Pick up your emergency food supply today. All right, Joe, let's go. Ding, ding. So, uh, yeah, I'm sitting here yesterday, you know, uh, watching the news and uh, the Harris Biden ticket comes up. And uh, I know I know it's the Harris Biden. That's what it is on this show. So please, I get it. I even got a few emails. <laughs> it's not Biden. I refuse to do that. It's the Harris Biden. And uh, Joe Biden decides it's time to talk again, takes no questions at a press conference, press conference, which really isn't a press conference. It's just Joe Biden afraid to take questions. And he decides to come out with this gem. Apparently, Joe Biden uh, thinks you're too stupid to make the decision yourself about when you need to wear a mask and don't. So we got this gem from uh, Sleepy Creepy yesterday. Check this one out. Every single American 
should be wearing a mask when they're outside for the next three months at a minimum. Every governor should mandate, every governor should mandate mandatory mask wearing. The estimates by the experts are it will save over 40,000 lives in the next three months. 40,000 lives. The people act responsibly. And uh, it's not about your rights. It's about your responsibilities as an American. It's not about your rights. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. That's the Democrats summed up in one soundbite right there. It's never about your rights. It has never been about your rights. Now, for the dopey liberals, not all liberals, not all Democrats, but for the dopey ones who listen, and believe me, we have a lot. I get your death threats on Facebook. I put them out on social media and parlor and stuff all day. I actually screenshot them and send them out with the line, he seems nice. Yeah, some like tough guy, uh, pseudo fake bodybuilder guy said to me, we're coming for you. I'm going to find you. Sure, sure you are. <laughs> sure you are, muscles. We got that. Um, so we get that a lot. But you're all, this is, it's never, ever, ever been about your rights. They don't care about your rights. He summed up everything right there. Now, there was something else that came out in their proposal. They, proposal, they want to hire 100,000 contact tracers. Uh, 100,000 contact tracers, meaning this. If you test positive for the coronavirus, they're going to come to your house. So we're going to see a situation like we've seen in Melbourne, Australia, that I've been covering on this show enforced quarantines with fines and potential arrest if you leave your house. Then they're going to find everybody else you say you are in contact with and quarantine them to the house to under penalty of law or arrest. Have they thought any of this through? Joe, what's likely to happen Oh, if, let's say, you hire 100,000 contact tracers, government bureaucrats, to come to people's houses and these people, Joe, know that anyone they say they were in contact with, regardless if they're showing any symptoms or not, mm -hmm. that they're going to be enforced on a quarantine too, potentially under the penalty of law mm -hmm. under the police state Harris-Biden administration. Joe, do you think it's possible, not a trick question, mm -hmm. do you think it's just possible that people would not cooperate and refuse to say who they'd been in contact with? I'm just throwing that out yeah, there. That's a whole lot of fibbing going on, yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. uh, like what's happening everywhere else, yeah. they've tried this dopey contact right. Tracing on a mass scale scheme. It doesn't work, ladies and gentlemen. Contact tracing works very well at the onset of a viral outbreak. Very well to contain it. Ladies and gentlemen, the time for it to be contained is over. The time right now is to develop treatments, to develop good quality testing that's quick and fast, and to develop vaccines. Contact tracing can be useful in certain places where you've yet to have a widespread outbreak. In places where it's widespread, ladies and gentlemen, it's useless. You're going to quarantine everyone. This is what they want. Now, another point I brought up at the beginning of the show before I move on here. So just to be clear, Joe Biden, it's not about your rights. It's never about your rights. Democrats don't care about your rights are meaningless to them. Don't you get that? This is the bizarre, just upside down, dipsy-doo flipperooski the Democrats pull all the time. The same Democrats complaining right now that President Trump sent federal agents, not federal troops, please don't be a moron and say federal troops, I'm just begging you not to take the imbecile path if there's a fork in the road, who sent federal agents to Portland to defend a federal courthouse on federal property that rioters 
And criminals and terrorists wanted to burn to the ground, you know, the Antifa terrorists, the anti-First Amendment crew. They don't think that's in the realm of President Trump's federal constitutional powers. <laughs> Hilariously. They don't, no, he's not allowed to do that. They also don't think that the federal government can enforce immigration law. No, no, the states should be able to do it. It's federal immigration law. The same people who believe that, Trump has, the government has no power to stop you from burning down a courthouse. It's open season on courthouses. It's also open season on our borders. The federal government definitely doesn't have the power to enforce federal immigration law. The same people who tell you that think the federal government has a power, has the power, according to the Harris-Biden ticket, to mandate mask wearing outside across the entire United States, regardless of the local conditions in your area. I was glad during last night's presser, uh, Trump fought back against this and was very clear. Again, I'm not anti-mask, folks. I'm not. Again, despite the massive volume of death threats that liberals send me, I'm not. I listen to the show. They mischaracterize what I say. I don't believe they're particularly effective. If you believe it does and it puts you at ease, I'll wear one for you. That's okay. It's your business. I don't wear them in my house when I don't have to. I definitely don't wear them outside especially when no one's around me, because that's idiotic. If you think this works for you and I'm in your house, that's fine. Or I'll leave. I'll wear it. I'm not looking to hurt your feelings. That's okay. But I was glad at the Trump presser yesterday, he made that exact point that I'm going to leave this up to locals who can figure it out. We don't need a national mandate. Good for President Trump fighting back against this just nonsense from the Harris-Biden ticket. A national mask mandate, regardless of any conditions on the ground. This guy's just pandering now. He wouldn't take questions, which shows you what a mess his entire campaign has become. There's been no energy from the announcement of Kamala Harris as the VP. None. They expected this big celebration on the left. Meanwhile, nobody can stand Kamala Harris. But Paula was laughing about it today. She has a friend who shall remain nameless. She chats with sometimes who's relatively nonpartisan, not super political, but votes. And she always goes to this friend for where the, you know, Joe, where the population at large uh -huh. is. Because not yeah. everybody's as involved in politics as me and Joe and Paula. It's my right. life. is what I do. So she goes to this friend because she's only partially involved. And the friend was like, and I quote, I can't believe he picked Kamala Harris. We were like, all right, this is a loser. It's a loser. The pick's a loser. It's a loser. I'm telling you, it's a loser. The friend is pretty much always right. All right, moving on. But I, I am, again, they just think you're too stupid to figure this out in your own because that's how Democrats think. <sighs> My gosh. What I tell you yesterday, lies and language prisons, right? That's the Democrats' tactic going forward, to lie to you repeatedly, PP tapes, collusion. You see uh, Trump's former lawyer, Michael Cohen. Joe, he's coming out with a book with another PP story. Oh, they, oh. Why are the Democrats so obsessed with PP? What's the deal with PP stuff? What are you, you guys are really sick. They're out with it again. So li just constant lies, regurgitate the lies, mm -hmm. dossiers, Russian collusion, PP stuff. Just making stuff up all the time, lies, and in language prisons. So when you counteract the lies, the Democrats accuse you of being a racist, misogynist, istophobic, phobophobic, homophobic, you know the whole drill. And they create language prisons. What do I mean by language prisons? You're not allowed to say certain words because they'll recategorize those words now, If especially if you use them when talking about Kamala Harris. They will... If you use any of these list of words, Joe, and the, by the way, Joe, the list is expanding rapidly. Oh, 
Man. Any of these words, you definitely are racist and you definitely hate women like Kamala Harris. Why is the list of words you cannot use expanding rapidly? Because they don't want you to be able to say anything to counteract Kamala Harris's massive litany of lies coming out every day. You heard yesterday after Joe Biden's mask mandate speech, that's real leadership, in it? <laughs> she wouldn't know real leadership if it like it smacked her in the back of the head. Are you kidding me? It's an embarrassing focus group tested talking point. He trotted out in front of the country yesterday and didn't even take a question on. That's your idea of leadership? My gosh, the revolutionary generation is, is, is turning in their graves right now. The language prisons. The list is expanding. You don't believe me? You thought I was messing with you yesterday, right? Look what came out after we were done recording. Oh, there it is right there. MSNBC, MSDNC on their Twitter feed. Joe, phony. We can't use phony now. Phony is a very gendered term what? that we use to present women in power in an unfavorable light. There's something fake about them. Jennifer Palmieri says about a Trump campaign attack on Senator Harris. It's a very old trope. Ladies and gentlemen, this is never going to stop. It doesn't oh. matter what you say about Kamala Harris. Whatever word you use, disingenuous, fraudulent, phony, fake, liar, every one of them will be added to the growth. No, no, no. What did Dan Bongino say? He said, no, he said fraudulent. Fraud oh, that's on the list. Do we have the list? Or no, give me the list. Hold on. Fraudulent. Yes. List of misogynistic terms. Fraudulent. What else did Dan say? Dan said, uh, Kamala Harris sometimes comes off a bit disingenuous. Is disingenuous on the list? Not yet. Hold on. Let me get fraudulent. Yeah, it will be. Disingenuous. Okay, there we go. There you go. Everything's yeah. going to be on the list. Ladies and gentlemen, you know the drill. Double-barreled index finger. We'll try to keep the video version family-friendly. Ignore it. Just ignore it. Call it out. Mock it like we do now. Huh. Isolate the idiots who say this stuff and move on. Make the joke on them. We isolate these people. We steal the Alinsky's rules from them and we make fools out of them. Kamala Harris is a phony, is a big phony, a huge phony. And she's always been a huge phony. Oh my gosh, that word's on the list. Don't care. Thank you. Paul is worried, by the way, because it's an early show. I didn't have enough content. I always have enough content. I've got plans for today's show. She was a little worried today. I didn't send her a lot of stuff. But I got a big topic coming up on wokeism. One of the best articles I've read in a long time. I'm finger wagging, but it's true. At the Daily Signal, explaining wokeism and social justice warriors. It, what are you looking at? It's What's wrong? Oh, all right. You can look at me. It's sometimes we have a hard time understanding the social justice wars after this article. Anymore. All right. I got that coming up in a minute. Let me get to my second sponsor. We only have three sponsors today because we'll be traveling to Attila's. So it'll be a busy day. Then I want to get to just a quick topic. I neglected to discuss yesterday. I promised you yesterday I wouldn't forget it. And I forgot it because that happens to me sometimes. Folks, today's show also brought to you by our friends at all form. Listen, if you've been a listener for a long time, you know, I love Helix mattresses. You know it. I got two of those bad boys, one for me, one for my daughter. So I have great news. Helix has gone beyond the bedroom and they started making sofas too. They launched a new company called All Farm and they're making premium, customizable sofas and chairs shipped right to your door. So what makes an All Farm sofa really cool? Well, for starters, it's the easiest way to customize a sofa using premium materials at a fraction of the cost of traditional stores. Pick your fabric, spill, stain, scratch resistant. The sofa color, the color of the legs, the sofa size, and which and the shape you need to make it perfect for you and your home. They've got armchairs, love seats, all the way up to an eight-seat sectional, so there's something for everyone. 
You can start small. You can buy more seats later if you want to add your to your all-form sofa. They're delivered directly to your home with fast, free shipping. In the past, you want to order a sofa, take forever. Or if you order a sofa online. You need someone to come to your house and assemble it. All form takes just three to seven days to arrive in the mail and you assemble it yourself in a few minutes. No tools needed. It took me longer to break down the boxes than it did to put the sofa together. Not even kidding. There's ours right there. If you're watching on YouTube, you could see it. It's my daughter just, just chilling on it. I have an all form sofa. It took Paula. She wants that clear. It took Paula 10 minutes to set it up. They can read actually says it took 10 minutes. Paula wants it. Always know it took her 10 minutes. <laughs> She's not lying. Check it out. You have 100 days to decide if you want to keep it. If not, you know, there's no risk. It's more than three months. If you don't love it, they'll pick it up for free, give you a full refund. They have a forever warranty, literally forever. Check out allform.com slash Dan to find your perfect sofa. Allform, A-L-L-F-O-R-M.com slash Dan. Allform's offering 20% off all orders for our listeners. Allform.com slash Dan. Thanks, Allform. Really great sofa. It's cool. My daughter loves it. All right. So yesterday I mentioned something about the transactional nature of politics. And I didn't really follow up. So I just want to quickly, because I, I always say I'm not going to forget and I forget. I was talking about lies, the endless litany of lies from the left and how all politicians do it, folks. Politicians say things that aren't true. Democrats, Republicans, Trump, Bush, Obama, Clinton, everybody. They say things that aren't true. Now, the reason some people are hesitant to use the word lies is because sometimes they massage the corners on it, if you know what I mean. Is it a lie? Eh, sometimes it is a lie. It's an outright lie. And they say, I believe me, everyone does it. I'm not giving any party a pass. I documented yesterday through that National Review piece how in the Harris-Biden opening speech a couple days ago, the endless litany of lies they put out that are easily documented falsehoods, that Ebola was a pandemic. It wasn't. That President Trump is keeping your kid out of school. He's actually doing the opposite. It's the teacher's union. It's just a lie. But I said to you, I don't think it's going to hurt Harris Biden. Just like some of the things that Trump has said that hasn't come true, some of them, haven't hurt him much either. And here's the reason. That's not meant as an attack on, on Trump either. Joe, if, I, if, if you think I'm wrong, I'd love for you to challenge me on this too, because it's important. But okay. no one actually thinks politicians tell the truth anymore. You know, Joe's a little older than me. Mm-hmm. Paul is younger, like the younger ladies. <laughs> she's had a birthday I'm messing with you nobody thinks that you know before social media 24-hour cable news i know when joe was growing up and to an extent my some of my earlier years as well ladies and gentlemen if things didn't happen on the nightly news the nation didn't see it yeah it was your local news it mattered if walter cronkite david brinkley peter jennings later on tom brokaw if they didn't cover it nationally it didn't happen it happened, but you get my point. It wasn't a national story. Mm-hmm. There was very limited real estate in a half an hour nightly news broadcast to discuss a story. Before, say, JFK, nobody really talked about presidents' personal lives, no matter what kind of shenanigans they were doing on the side, if you know what I mean. That old Clinton stuff would have just gone right by the wayside. With the advent of 24-hour cable news, social media, the internet, constant, literally constant 24-hour news coverage and access to iPhones. Everything about every politician now is fair game. Politicians haven't changed. For the 200 plus years our country's been around, most politicians, many of them have been total slime bags. (laughs) They have been. Some are good, Mm -hmm. very few. Most have been slimy. Most have been terrible. Most are mercenary. 
and most do, most do whatever they want to get power and to keep it. It's just more obvious now because you're bathed in it every single day. My point is that the whole Camelot mystique, the John F. Kennedy Camelot mystique, that's all gone. Everybody understands right now that politicians, when they go to the bathroom, it stinks. That when they show up and they don't wear deodorant, that stinks too. And that they lie a lot. They have to comb their hair and brush their teeth and eat just like you do. There's no Camelot. There's no Knights of the Round Table. They are just men and women. And they do a lot of things. They lie. They cheat. They steal. They do a lot of bad things. My point here about why the lies Harris told, because I laid out that whole thing, are probably not going to damage her, is because nobody takes anything they say seriously anymore. So you may be saying, Dan, if you're saying everybody lies all the time, politicians, then what's the point? No, there is a point. Now comes the serious part. We as conservatives have become very transactional, smartly. We don't really care anymore about your speeches, about your morality. We don't. Tell us you go to church. Every politician says that. When you, I actually go to church. Like people see me there in my neighborhood. I'm not bragging about it. You should go to church. Reminds me of Chris Rock. Remember what was that? Chris Rock. You're supposed to take care of your kids. You're supposed to go to church if you're a Catholic. I'm not asking for a cookie here. But politicians will talk about that like they deserve reward. Here's the, the limp. Look at me. Pat myself on the back with the sticky thing. Look, I go to church on Sunday. I'm so wonderful. Vote for me. Great. Good job. You're supposed to do it. We're tired of it. We've heard all the speeches about how you go to church. We want you to save lives. We want you to stop the plague of abortion in the country. We want you to grow the economy so kids everywhere, listen to me, everywhere have a chance. Baltimore, Cleveland, St. Louis, LA, New York, Broward County, Florida, just south of me, Palm Beach, everywhere. Every kid has a shot. Every kid. We want you to do something. We want you to give every kid a shot at education. Stop telling me about going to church. That's great. You should go to church. Be a good person. Why? Because being a good person matters. But that's your issue with the Lord. I mean it. It's not mine. Don't engage in criminality. Don't do grossly immoral things. But if you got your issues with your personal picadillos, Whatevs, man. Save lives, grow the economy, get kids an education, and fix the healthcare system in this country so people can have access to good healthcare and live fruitful lives. We are entirely transactional now. You want to understand the Trump phenomenon in one sentence? That's it. Political lies don't hurt candidates anymore because nobody believes politicians are telling the truth. Conservatives want one thing now, and liberals want the same thing. Conservatives want big R, God-given rights, economic freedom, education choices, healthcare choices, and big, bold liberty. And you know what? Donald Trump has delivered on many of those respects, on the appointment of federal judges, on deregulation, on tax cuts, on economic growth. He's delivered. You can cite all you want, fake PP stories and all this nonsense. He was on Howard Stern once and said, that, listen to me, I'm just to the media people who watch this show, and I know you do because you comment on it. You will never understand the Trump phenomenon until you understand that. How can so many evangelicals vote for Trump? Because we've heard the stories for decades. This guy's so nice. 
He volunteered for a charity once. Yeah, when he found out he was running for office, he goes to church. Great. But he does nothing on abortion, doesn't cut taxes, and craps all over school choice. Are we supposed to vote for him because he goes to church? We're entirely, completely transactional now. And whereas the media will never understand about how we rely on Trump because he did it. We don't care about his tweets. He did it. He did it. He cut taxes, cut regulations. He has been a, he spoke at the pro-life rally in DC, the March for Life. He spoke, the first president to do it. He's appointed pro-life judges. This matters to us. You will never understand us because you make no effort. But I will not make that same mistake with you. And this is where I messed up on yesterday's show and didn't tell you this part. They don't care. We will continue to point out the lies because there is a small portion of the population that still cares about the facts. Voting-wise, you, you, my audience cares about the facts because we should know we're informed voters. But for your voting decisions, let's be honest, most of you are locked in on Trump and the other side's locked in on Harris. There is a small sliver that the facts matter. That's why we covered what we did yesterday. But I'm telling you, don't make the mistake they make with us. Make an effort to understand why they're going to vote for Harris and Biden. They don't care how much they lie. They don't care what they do. They don't care if they, these guys get caught in a serial murder scheme tomorrow. I promise you, most of them will vote for Harrison Biden. They don't care. Don't make the mistake of not understanding them. We are talking to that small sliver of the population that's going to decide this election. But by talking to them, that's what we do. That's why issues like this Fox News story that I uh, missed yesterday, I'm, I commented, it's by the great Brian Flood, who I have a lot of respect for, foxnews.com. Uh, health questions for Biden, off limits for media. Unlike when it was Reagan, McCain, and Trump. Again, folks, this is a transactional election. The health questions are not off limits. We will talk about them regarding Joe Biden's obvious cognitive issues because it matters. He's going to have the nuclear codes in his hand and he's going to have the power to destroy your business in his hands, too. If he thinks he can enact the national mask mandate, he has no constitutional authority to do. The health questions are not off limits. But I bring it up in light of this transactional conversation. We want results. In other words, we're looking for a transaction from Trump. No one wants, we're not looking to date him. You know, we're not going to have him over for dinner. Trump produces results. It's a transaction. We vote for you. You save lives, cut taxes, and give my kid education choice. That's why this article matters, though, because, you know, we can keep bringing up, and we should, Biden's cognitive capabilities, which are disappearing by the minute. The left doesn't care. Ladies and gentlemen, they don't care. Joe Biden's IQ could drop 40 points tomorrow. I promise you the left will still vote for him. They don't care. Don't make the same mistake. Don't make the mistake they made with us. You need to understand that so we don't say, oh, listen. You may say, why? Why do we need to understand that? Because I hear from a lot of people, Trump's got this no big deal as if they're not going to vote or they're not even anxious about it. No, no, get anxious right away. They're like, no one's going to vote for Biden. He's crazy. He can't even talk in a complete sense. Huge mistake. Huge. Huge exclamation point mistake. Don't make the mistake they made with us. It would be a strategic miscalculation of the highest order. All right. I really feel bad I didn't... Uh, 
talk about that yesterday. All right, sorry, had a quick take a quick break. There. Paula gives me the wave off sometimes, you know, because she wants to make sure we're recording everything. She's afraid. Was that because it's good content? Sometimes she does it because she thinks it's really good content. She doesn't want to lose it. She gives me like the the Heisman, you know, stop. And she does it like a stop sign when you're going like 80, so you got to <laughs> slam on the brakes. So I saw this story yesterday in the Wall Street Journal. And, um, you know, it reminded me that a lot of my listeners out there, not by any fault of your own, you don't have time to sit down and study all this stuff, really don't understand the left. And it kind of follows nicely my last segment. Don't make the mistake they make with us. They make no effort to understand us. We will understand them. Wall Street Journal. So Yale, you know, the university, discriminated by race in undergraduate admissions, DOJ says. It's a huge story, folks. It broke last night. The Department of Justice is going after Yale University for discrimin uh, discriminating, basically, uh, uh, I mean, they have, the, they have them hook, line, and sinker here, against Asian Americans and white Americans. Yale's in a lot of trouble. Now, when you see this story and you read the details of the allegations, you know, listen, we'll give them their day in court, as we should. They are allegations, but the allegations are troubling. The allegations are that Yale systematically discriminated against Asian Americans and, uh, and white Americans who had to score dramatically higher on tests to get into the university than other students who happen to be either Hispanic or black. Or. Obvious discrimination. I mean, Joe, correct? The very definition of discrimination? Correct. We will treat you differently based on your skin color. You're good. Not hard to figure out, right? <laughs> Just checking. Want to make sure I'm not crazy here. If you're white, you have to meet one set of standards. If you're black, another set of standards. That, that's called racism. You read these articles, though, and just like the mistake we make with the transactional left who failed to understand us as the transactional right, right? We're making a transaction. Trump delivers. The left is making a transaction now, too. Biden's going to get Trump out of office. That's the transaction. They don't care if Biden's not all there. Don't, don't mistake that for a minute for anything other than that. The same thing's happening here. I got a bunch of emails on this story. And some of the, the tones of the emails by people were like, I don't get it. This is so obviously racist. Why wouldn't the left just call it out? And I thought, man, I got to find a good piece on this. And I mean, perfect serendipity beyond belief. I'm searching through social media accounts, all of them, and I got a lot of them. And I find this just spectacular piece by Jared Stepman at the Daily Signal. I can't recommend highly. I put it on BonginoReport.com too. Our aggregator. Three key concepts that woke anti-racists believe. Let me unconfuse the title a little bit. It's a very good piece. Confused by crazy social justice warriors? Read these three things. That's the title. That's the damn Bongino version. You think SJW s'mores roasting social justice warriors living in their mama's basements are all crazy? Read this article. I'll translate for it. It's great. <laughs> Please read it. It's up at the show notes. Bongino.com slash newsletter. My newsletter is the show notes. I use the term interchangeably. Please read this piece. It's so good. It's like a book in a 700-word article without a lot of excess words. So here are the three tenets of wokeism, crazy lunatic left moonbatism, that you need to understand to translate stories like the Wall Street Journal and why such an obvious act of racism and discrimination White kids, Asian kids, you have to do this. Black and Hispanic uh, kids, you guys got to do that. Or women got to do that. Obvious. The left doesn't care, and here's why. It's so good. So good. 
Screenshot number one. The number one rule of wokeism you need to understand. First, the number one rule of wokeism that the social justice warriors believe that you must acknowledge you're a racist. And if you deny you're a racist, you're a bigger racist. <laughs> kind of creates a problem, no? Let me read from the piece because this is so good. <laughs> Joe, right? Is that a problem? Right. You're a racist. No, I'm not. You denying it makes you more of a racist. It does. What's your only choice? It would admit you're a racist when you're not. Here's from the Daily Signal piece. This piece is, I can't say it's so good. So good. Can't say it. Essentially, quote, if a white person is uncomfortable talking about race or denies his fundamental whiteness, Joe, as well as his racism, then he is guilty of white fragility. Oh, no. Oh, no. In fact, according to the arguments of D'Angelo and Kendi, these are two authors, even a denial of racism can be construed as evidence of racism. <laughs> Hold on. The- I know you want to come back to people because of the gesticular. Do not leave this up for everyone to read because it's so good. As several other writers, including the great, by the way, Mark Hemingway at The Federalist, Molly's husband, who is really the best, as several have noted, this is what's called a Kafka trap based on Kafka's book, The Trial. It's a rhetorical device where the more you deny something, the more it's proof of your guilt. I'm not a racist. You're, You're definitely a racist. You denied it. These two authors, D'Angelo and Kendi, promote a racial variation of common oppressor versus oppressed narratives seen mainly in traditional left-wing ideologies. Yes. Marxist economic ideology revolving around classes more or less replaced by race in a scenario where there are only winners and losers. Yes. You know, one of the best books I've read in my life was David Horowitz's book, Unholy Alliance where he addresses the question why gay, bisexual, and trans activists would ally up with radical Islamic ideologues in many cases and would be allied for some of the same causes. When in some of these countries run like Iran, they'll throw people who are gay off of buildings, literally off of buildings, you know, to kill them and stuff. Like that's what they do. So a lot of sane folks would say, well, that doesn't make sense. If you're an activist for causes that involve the gay community, why would you ally with a radical Islamic fundamentalism in some places that kills people who happen to be gay? Like, that doesn't make sense. No, no. It makes perfect sense when you read David's book, Unholy Alliance. And when you never forget the fact that the real enemy with the people who use identity politics, you're a racist, folks. The socialists who hate capitalism, the fundamentalists, the Islamic fundamentalists that hate America, the real enemy is us. Freedom, the United States, a constitutional republic, representative democracy, that's their enemy. Horowitz has always described them as the anti-anti-communists. We're anti-communists. We fight for liberty. Communism is the very essence of non-liberty, collective choice, not individual choice. There's no such thing as collective choice. It's a fabrication. They are the anti-anti-communists, meaning their common cause is fighting us, the anti-communists. Ladies and gentlemen, this all makes sense now. And it explains why this concept now of white privilege and white fragility and the very essence of denying racism, making you a racist, it explains, again, 
what a weapon, what a powerful tool this becomes through the Kafka trap. If you deny the crime, it's more evidence you committed the crime. In other words, ladies and gentlemen, you have no way to escape it. None. You are a racist. And if you deny it, you will in fact be accused of producing more evidence that you are definitely the racist they accuse you of by denying it. It also comes down to the zero-sum theory here, that there's winners and losers. In other words, that your success is attributed solely to your whiteness and your white fragility or whatever it may be, and that your success came at the expense of others. Ladies and gentlemen, this is pure socialism through and through. This has nothing to do with race. It's the simple transplantation of race onto a socialism argument. Socialism, the very essence of socialism, the proletariat, the bourgeoisie, the whole nonsense about these these zero-sum economics is that if you became rich, you became rich at the expense of the working poor. You took it from them. That somehow Bill Gates is a billionaire because he stole billions of dollars from other people. Not that he actually invented a product billions of people used to enrich their lives and paid him to use, which is what actually happens in like sane people's heads like us. In irrational lunatic heads, Bill Gates stole billions of dollars from people. You understand how this white fragility acknowledge you're a racist or you're an even bigger racist? Do you understand how that same zero-sum, winner-or-loser, excuse me, socialism ideology is just transplanted onto a racial background? There's a winner and a loser. You're a winner because you're white. If you're black or Hispanic, you lost. And the, the person who is white is only successful because of that whiteness, which somehow took something from you. Ladies and gentlemen, it's pure socialism. It is the unholy alliance between identity politics, racial warriors looking to divide the country, socialists, and anyone else who hates America too. One more point. I'm only on screenshot one. I I will get through this. I promise you, because this is so worth your time, this article. So two takeaways. It's a trap. Acknowledge you're racist or you're more racist. The second takeaway, this is strict zero-sum socialism transplanted, winners and losers only. There are no collective winners like living in the United States where the the poorest people here are richer than the richest people in some third world countries. There's none of that. Everybody's a winner or a loser based on race or based on if you own capital. It's the same ideology. Does that make sense, Joe? Yeah. Yeah, it does easily to, to me though. You yeah. Didn't, you didn't get it. I know. No, I got you it. You sure? Yeah, not sure. Dude. Are you messing with me? Because nah, sometimes man. the audience thinks you don't get it and they say they think you say you get it because you're trying to make no, me sound no, you, you make me sound smart. I talk to you about okay. this stuff all the time. I yeah. I yeah. Know. Well, you tell me off the air, you typically do. It's yeah. zero sum stuff. Throw it in the garbage. Yeah. One final point before I get onto screenshot two here. Do you notice how the concentration and focus of the identity politics racial warriors who want to make everything about race? is never ever focused on eliminating obstacles for minorities who are suffering in bad schools and bad cities and rundown cities with bad police forces and bad uh, and terrible economic opportunities. Do you notice the focus is never on eliminating those obstacles? Yeah. Poor schools, bad policing. Do you notice that, Joe? That yeah. the only focus is on creating new obstacles for people who happen to be white or Asian? Did you notice that? Wow. How, as that? As if that, when I get to point number three, you'll understand. They, they don't care about eliminating discrimination. They want new discrimination. Thinking it's going to solve old discrimination problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The real solution 
is to eliminate obstacles for everyone and let everyone have a pathway to honest, hard-earned success. They don't want that. They just want to put new obstacles in front of you. And if you deny that, you are definitely a racist. All right, screen, screenshot number, screen, spit it out, Dan. Screenshot number two. Colorblindness is the problem, and that's racist too. The concept of equal opportunity is fundamentally rejected by the doctrines of D'Angelo and Kennedy. Again, these are just two article, uh, these two authors behind these, uh, these ridiculous concepts. They argue that in a deeply racist society, conditioned to white supremacy, equal opportunity under the law only perpetuates more inequality. Wait, what? These two authors rebuke the idea of colorblindness and how we treat race. D'Angelo does so more in a cultural sense. She argues that colorblindness is essentially a sign of white privilege, a manipulation of the message of Martin Luther King to perpetuate more, more racist. Wow. I, I, I know you probably, you may need to take some fish oil after maybe some foundation, some breakouts. <laughs> Free plug for them. You may need some ATP to refresh your neurons, because you may say, gosh, that sounds kind of dumb. Twisted. So if we're colorblind and we, you would think, right, if we treat people based on their character, their actions, and how they treat us, and we ignore the color of their skin, that that is in fact racist. If you're sitting there trying to pull out your hair or hair plugs and, I'll leave that one for another day. In some people's cases, well, You should be, because it's clearly the mark of a moron. That judging people without respect to the color of their skin is, in fact, racist, is logic turned on its head. Why do they do that? I always give you the why. I don't just read articles for the sake of it. So in part one, we compared socialism to identity politics. In part two here, we're trying to figure out why the constant focus on the melanin component of your skin, no matter what, even if people live by generally in the United States, of course, we still have people who have, uh, who are racist. Every society does. I mean, that's just tautological, sad, but true. But the United States has come a really, really long way. Why the relentless focus on the melanin component of your skin and how dark your skin is? Because ladies and gentlemen, they need it. The Democrats. Remember the unholy alliance, the Democrats, Antifa, the liberal activist groups, the Marxists at BLM, they're the anti-anti-communists. If you believe in the United States, the constitutional republic, economic freedom, liberty, and a representative democracy, you are their enemy. And they will ally with anyone they need to ally to and say however big the lie they need to say and repeat it to take you down. In order to take you down, they need a weapon. And one of the most potent weapons in a non-racist society is to call people racists. Think about it, folks. Why is being tarred a racist if you're not so damaging to your career, your friends, your reputation? Why? If we're the racist society, these two left-wing authors with these lunatic ideas want you to believe we are, then why is being called the racist such a career end? Such a death sentence for your social circle. You'd think you'd be celebrated in your social circle, right? I mean, just a common sense question, isn't it? If we're all racist, then wouldn't racism then be celebrated? Because we, in fact, if we're all racist and we believe that the color of your skin is a determinant of who you are 
and then you speak out and say something racist publicly, why would it be a social death sentence? You should be celebrated, right? Well, you're not. You say racist stuff. You're, you're basically booted off Twitter. Your friends won't talk to you. Your neighbors will want you to move. And pretty much everybody hates you. And why is that? Because we're not racist. But they need you to believe everyone's a racist. So they have to weaponize skin color. So when they say things like colorblindness, colorblindness, excuse me, is in fact racist, they're doing it because it's counter to their strategy to make everything about color. So when you don't make everything about color, you are in fact a racist too. Are you getting the circular reasoning? No matter what you do, you wind up at the beginning of the Monopoly game, back to square one, which says, quote, you're a racist. And there's no get out of jail free card. No matter what you do, Mm -hmm. you're a racist. Let's go to takeaway number three from this excellent piece. The solution to discrimination is discrimination. You're like, wait, what? (laughs) I'm not kidding. So Kendi, again, one of these authors, leans more strongly into creating laws that specifically promote anti-racism. To be effective, he says, they must be discriminatory. Oh, dude. Yeah, I, oh. I know. I know you've had enough. I know. I know, I, I know you're, you're reaching for the Pepto here, Pish. but just roll. We're almost done. <laughs> I know it's, I know it's infuriating. I get, I know. Yeah. Dis- here, discriminatory laws, Kendi argues, can be desirable and in fact necessary as a way to promote equity. Folks, again, here we get back to no matter what you do, you will be a racist. So if you speak out against discrimination, but you don't promote additional discrimination, back to the opening article about in the Wall Street Journal about Yale being alleged that they discriminated against Asian Americans and white Americans based on their college admissions, that's considered to them anti-racist because it's using discrimination against white and Asian students to combat discrimination. So it's in fact anti-racist. Oh. You see how the socialists play the same game? The socialists play the same game with words? Language prisons? You're like, wait, that's discrimination to discriminate against Asian students and make them have to subscribe to a different set of standards to get into university? Isn't that discrimination? You're definitely a racist for saying that. I am. Language prisons. You didn't describe it correctly. It's not discrimination against Asian Americans. It's anti-anti-anti-racism through discrimination, non-discrimination, discriminatory non-discrimination. If you don't use that term, you're definitely a racist too. And you're like, I am. And everybody shuts up and lets it happen. This is a tool the socialists use. Orwell warned us in 1984 about it. All history will be erased, language codes, speech codes. You'll have to agree that two plus two equals five. You'll have to agree to it. And if you don't, you won't be let out of prison. And not only will you have to, this is important, not only will you have to agree that two plus two equals five, you will have to demonstrate that you believe it. This is sick stuff. Really sick stuff. All right, let me get to my final sponsor. I got a couple more stories. A major foreign policy victory for Trump that even Reuters had to acknowledge was a success. But I promise you, the mainstream media will largely ignore it and find a way to blame Trump for his major revelation towards uh, some form of Middle East peace. Omaha Steaks. I'm hungry. It's early. This is a rough spot for me right now. I may have to stop. 
because my mouth will start watering right now. I know. I know you're hungry too. Right now, Omaha Steaks is offering a steakhouse grilling package with an exclusive offer just for my listeners. There it is. Go to omahasteaks.com, enter promo code Bongino in the search bar. And this week, Omaha Steaks will add four burgers and four gourmet jumbo franks free with your order. It's called the Grand Summer Grill Out Package, and it lets you stay at home and eat like you're at the best steakhouse in town. We're talking Omaha Steaks, bacon wrap, filet mignon, plus pork chops, chicken, kielbasa, and more delivered to your door. Mm. Come on. Smoky, sweet bacon, fork tender filet mignons, all for much less than going out to a restaurant. Visit omahasteaks.com. Type Bongino in the search bar to get this deal today. It's not just steaks. It's the best steak of your life, guaranteed. There it is. And don't forget, when you order the Grand Summer Grill Out Package, you'll also get four Jumbo Franks and four Omaha Steaks burgers free to complete your steakhouse experience. Visit omahasteaks.com and type Bongino in the search bar to shop for some of the Summer Grill Pack today. Thanks for the mug, by the way, Omaha Steaks. Pretty cool. I like that. Every Omaha Steaks order is flash frozen, vacuum sealed, and safely delivered in a cooler with dry ice. It's fresher than fresh. This stuff is delicious. Paul and I go crazy over this stuff. Omahasteaks.com. Type Bongino in the search bar. Get your summer grill pack today. Don't wait. All right, folks. So huge news in foreign policy. We don't do a lot of foreign policy on the show. We wait for the big stuff, and yesterday was huge. While we were on the air, the story came out that even Reuters had to acknowledge as a huge foreign policy victory for President Trump. Reuters. Reuters. You know, if I'm using Reuters, it's a big victory. Reuters. Wow. With Trump's help, Israel and the United Arab Emirates reach a historic deal to normalize relations. Folks, this is huge. It's A lot of left-wing media types are trying to downplay it. The Obama administration hates it. Why? This is There's two reasons this happened. One is a lot of the Gulf states are starting to realize right now that the Iranians are a real threat. Not just a threat to Israel, but to them too. The Saudis, the UAE, Bahrain, they're starting to come to that realization real quick that the Iranians, the mullahs, not the people, but the mullahs are crazy. And that this could really mean the end of them if they get a nuclear weapon, the Iranians, which they probably are on the road to right now. The United Arab Emirates is probably figuring out, along with a lot of the other Gulf states, that, you know what? Arabs in Israel are more freedom than Arabs elsewhere. I think we should get alongside these Israelis and not the Iranians who hold death to America crowd. That's number, which is driving, by the way, Joe, the Obama acolytes like Ben Rhodes and the other clown show from the last administration crazy because they love the death to America Iranians. The second thing this is about is a growing terror threat from the Muslim Brotherhood and other groups in the region. Listen, these countries are starting to figure this out. You cannot live in an international global economy anymore where you're going to need tourism and business when there's a constant threat of terror in your country. They don't want it. I'm not apologizing. I'm not suggesting these people are, uh, you know, the people who lead these countries are going to turn tomorrow into a constitutional republic, but they're starting to wake up to the realization very quick that this system isn't going to work forever. You're going to need international trade. The Iranians, international business, these things are starting to matter. And they're starting to figure out that the Israelis are going to be their best friends. I just thought I'd bring that up, especially in light of the fact that the Obama administration is losing their minds. You may think, gosh, it's a three-pager day. You're going to another page. No, no, it's not. It's actually, sometimes I go back and forth because I do the show out of order. It's just one page. I'm just flipping back and forth. All right, let's try to power through the rest of this because I got some good stuff. Uh, What was next? Was it April? Was it the CNN stuff? That was five. Yes, six. All right. 
This is an older video, but I want to play it. It's important. It's CNN, which of course, you know, it's going to be something crazy. But to get back to what I was talking to about before with the Daily Signal article, how you can never win with the racial identity politics left, how everything with them is about labels. I want you to watch what happens when identity politics warriors attack each other because they're not woke enough. Remember the whole thing with wokeism is it needs to constantly find new victims, right? And you eventually run out of victims because people are like, hey, my life's okay. I'm not a victim. No, you know, you're definitely a victim. So they eventually cannibalize and turn on each other. This is from a while ago when Kamala Harris was running for president. But this is April Ryan, again, who happens to be black, and Don Lemon, who happens to be black, only relevant to this topic because they're both fighting with each other about what the essence of Kamala Harris's blackness is. If anything ever sums up the nonsense of hyphenated Americans, this is it. They can't figure out how to hyphenate them. How about we're all just Americans? Can we just try that sometime? Check this clip out. She is a black woman. She's a mixed race woman. When you see her, you see her blackness, but she is also South Asian. Her mom is South Asian and her dad is Jamaican. April, she is April, a black April, woman let me, let me, let me l- listen. Yes. More power to her. And I think what? it's great. That is, that should be enough. Listen, it is enough that she's a black woman. We are not a monolith. But no, 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 exactly. no, 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 no. But they, they did the same no, thing. No, 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 no. I think, you, I think like you're that. not, you're not hearing ahead. what people are saying. The people who are saying is she black enough? That's bold. That's BS. But to 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 want a saying. distinction to the, say is she African American or is she black or is she whatever? That what's there is nothing wrong with that. There is a difference between being African American and being black. Um, people, people, Latino people are people of color, but they're not black. They're brown people. She is a okay? woman of color, but she is a black woman. Okay, that's she, why I agree with that. I agree with that. But no, is she African American? No, 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 no. no. But is she African American? There is a difference. There's nothing wrong with that. No one is trying so to take anything away from her. Let's go down, let's go down her. into her lineage. I think you're falling. I think you're falling into a trap of that. All she had to do was say, "I am black, but I'm not African American." That's it. I'm not falling in a trap. I'm not falling in. Let me, wait, let me, wait, wait, let me finish. Hold on. I'm not falling into a trap by that. When, when, when she goes down her lineage, many Africans landed on in Jamaica and all these other Caribbean islands. So she could indeed Jamaica's be African American mixed with others. But she Jamaica's is Jamaica's not America. But she is a black woman. She Jamaica was born did not here. Come in out of Jim Crow. Okay, well let's let's go into Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz I'm was born in Canada. I'm not talking about Ted Cruz. This is not Cuban. about Ted Cruz. You're changing know, the subject. By the way, if you're watching on YouTube, if you haven't, please watch this on YouTube, youtube.com slash Bongino. Joe, did you see the two white dudes on the panel sitting there? <laughs> yes. They're like this. Yeah. yeah. They were frozen. By the way, that clip goes on for another, what, 30 seconds? I yeah. sent, I had to cut it for Joe. That goes on for a while. I had it, because it, it, I, folks, I don't want you banging your head off your desks or your steering wheels if you're listening in the car. I wanted to make sure you don't go insane, so I had to cut that off. That goes on. The two white dudes. Stone, but not, they didn't even blink. I think Matt Lewis is one. I don't know who the other guy is. They don't know what to say. Two white dudes. They don't want to get in between April Ryan and Don Lemon, who happen to be black, arguing over what black means. If Jamaica's in America, if she's African-American, she's not African-American. She's Jamaican and Indian. Do you see what? Oh, do you see what happens when you judge people exclusively by their country of birth and the color of their skin? Do you see the nonsense that ensues? Instead of just saying she's an American citizen running for president, can we just judge her on what she does and says? Can we just try that? 
I, that quote, I saw that on social media. That, excuse me. That clip is just fantastic. Fantastic. It sums up the left in one clip. And the two white dudes, the two semi-woke white dudes, <laughs> in a panic. They don't know what to say. Ah, can I inject your... No, you can't. Shut your pie hole. Oh, my gosh. All right, a couple more things I got to get to. Important stuff. So uh, jobless numbers came out Wednesday. Sorry, I didn't get to them. Um, just, again, been a busy week with this. We're going to have, like, the longest day ever today. Uh, jobless claims fell to below a million for the first time. So, again, nothing to celebrate. 963,000 jobless claims. But, ladies and gentlemen, the trend line for jobless claims, people losing their jobs, is clearly going down. That's a good sign. Another article in the Washington Examiner worth uh, checking out. You know, folks, the, account, the economy's in trouble, no doubt, but it's adapting. This is an article by Bruce Andy. I had in uh, the show notes this week. The economy's re-knitting itself, so leave it alone. Folks, the American entrepreneur is the most powerful business mind in the, in the world. The American economic engine will not be stopped. Not by a virus, not by terror attacks, not by world wars, nothing. It won't. It's not pseudo-patriotism. It's not me like saluting the flag for the sake of, I do salute the flag because I love it. But that's a fact. The American entrepreneur and businessman will not be held back. We are really hardworking people and we are figuring it out. There's an interesting part of that second piece. I just want to read to you that entire industries are now retooling themselves and figuring out ways to operate in the middle of a pandemic. Again, liberals will never give American business any credit because they think what, Joe? That they stole their businesses from all the poor people. Everything was zero sum. You see how I tie that in? Yeah. Quote, these are the people who previously ran restaurants and are now operating food trucks or takeout businesses. Some are people who worked with diverse service providers that now contract with businesses to provide cleaning and decontamination of premises. Others who previously worked in offices and managed construction projects are working from home and using drones to provide daily work progress reports. Rather than re-knitting, some are knitting a replacement economy from new balls of yarn while finding, way, while finding ways to get costs down and profits up. Yes. Yes. Little note of positivity on this Friday. We will not be held down. We're going to figure it out. It sucks. I know it. It does. That's why we're getting out there and getting our hands dirty today and traveling around a little bit. We want to support everyone that's making it happen. You're never going to keep us down. It's not zero sum. These American entrepreneurs who are figuring out ways with drones and takeout and all kinds of ways to operate in the middle of a pandemic, they didn't steal anything from you. They're feeding you and they're building your houses and your buildings in the middle of a pandemic and they're figuring out a way to do it. You know why? Because it's not zero sum. We all benefit from it. Nothing was taken from you. It's only being given in the form of effort. All right, one last story today, but it's an important one. You know, I, I focus a lot on media gaslighting and I'm trying to, trying to avoid overwhelming you with it because there's just so much media nonsense. It'd be a waste of time to do a whole show on it. But this was important because this was a particularly offensive piece of media bias. I'm not kidding. Um, can we do the tweet first? I know I said I'd do the video first, but let me show you the tweet first. This is one of the worst reporters I've ever seen in my life. We've, I, Yamichi Alcindor who will just make an incident out of anything. She tweets out on her Twitter feed, at Yamichi, one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen. She says, a moment to behold. This was a question to Donald Trump. 
A question was asked of him at a presser. What do you mean by an invasion in the suburbs if VP Joe Biden is elected? The question was about the AFFH, Joe Biden's plan to build low-income housing in the middle of the suburbs. Right. Well, she quotes Donald Trump's answer. Or does she? So she puts the quote, she says, and she says it's a moment of behold. In other words, this is really bad. Trump says, they're going to destroy suburbia and 30% of the people in suburbia are minorities. They say 35%, but I like to cut it lower. What? I re- I, not messing with you. I read that and I was like, Trump, there's no way in Hades Trump said that. No way. Mm-hmm. And knowing it was from Yamichi, who again, I'm not kidding. It's I, I know it sounds personal. I promise you it's not. Is seriously one of the worst reporters, totally incompetent. I knew she was making this up. So I decided to go on to uh, my social media accounts and find the clip. And luckily, Benny Johnson had it up. And here's what Trump actually said. Did he say he wants to cut minorities, the population of minorities in the communities in suburban? Is that what he said? Maybe if you put the whole quote, you'll understand. You have sworn several times that if Joe Biden is elected president, that there will be an invasion uh, in suburban neighborhoods. It's a sentiment that you expressed in a tweet again this morning. What exactly do you mean by invasion? Uh, What I mean is people are going to become, uh, they're going to be, opening up areas of your neighborhood, which they're doing, and now they're going to do, they wanted to expand it, and they will expand it. If for any reason, they're going to, in my opinion, destroy suburbia. And just so you understand, 30% plus of the people living in suburbia are minorities. African-American, Asian-American, Hispanic-American, they're minorities, 30%. The number's even higher. It's They say 35, but I like to cut it a little bit lower. You know why? That way I can never get myself in too much trouble with the fake news. But 30% plus are minorities. What a disgusting, filthy thing Yamichi Alcindor did. She cut the quote off. President Trump wasn't saying he wants to reduce minorities in the suburbs, you dunce. You know exactly what you did. What he was saying was he was making the point that he was proud of the fact that suburban residents are largely 30 to 35 percent minorities. We have the most diverse suburbs in the world. He said he wants to cut the number lower sometimes because he's afraid if he gives the higher number that the fake news media will accuse him of lying about the number of minorities in the suburbs he was proud about. He was making the opposite point, the exact opposite point. But again, if you're listening to fake news specialists like the completely incompetent Yamichi Alcindor, who cut that quote off right there for a reason, you actually believe President Trump, rather than saying and making the point he was proud of the number of minorities in the suburbs that live there, you would believe he made the point that he wanted to cut minorities out of the suburb. Because you listen to dunces and incompetent buffoons like Yamichi Alcindor, who knew exactly what she was doing. Again, back to the beginning of the show. These people are totally transactional on the left. They're different than we are in that we have morals and we typically don't do that. We have some people on our side who do screwed up stuff, but we typically don't do that stuff, thank God. They are totally transactional. 
Yamichi will do anything and say anything to make sure that the incompetent Harris-Biden ticket wins. She doesn't care if her credibility goes down the window. She doesn't care how many conservatives tweet back at her and indicate that she selectively cut off that quote. She doesn't care. Understand it and you'll know how to win. Ignore it and we'll lose. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. Don't miss my show. I'll be live streaming some of this stuff on my parlor account. We'll be putting out some uh, pictures on Instagram uh, as well. You can check that out. We'll maybe do some stuff on Twitter too. I want to cut them out. Uh, but I will be up at Attila's gym and I'll be down at the uh, Apex, the Jax's tattoo uh, place down there. So like I said, tattoo time. Never thought that would happen again. But you got to rep the cause. You say you're going to do something, you got to do it. Something got in the way of me doing something else I wanted to do, a death in the family. And I've regretted that ever since. You got to step up and do what you need to do. Thanks for tuning into the show. Please subscribe on our YouTube account, youtube.com slash Bongino. And don't miss the show on Saturday too. Tomorrow we'll launch it uh, when uh, when Joe and them, uh, Drew and us get back. We'll, we'll get it out on Saturday afternoon. Thanks, folks. See you all tomorrow. Good day, sir. You just heard Dan Bongino.